Chris Black, Jason Stewart, how long gone? What's up, bro? How are you? I couldn't be better, Jason. It's a, it's a beautiful day in LA. I'm playing tennis for the fourth day in a row. Oh, shit, bro. That's right. My my tennis elbow on both sides is flaring up from obviously the extreme weight lifting plus tennis. But you still, you still need to push through because you're the kind of guy who needs to feel that pain, aren't you? Mm-hmm. I do need to feel that. What's the point of working out is not to feel good. It's to feel so hurt that you can't think about, uh, you know, those demons inside of you, right? Well, I've been on a, it's, it's been an emotional roller coaster for me this afternoon because I thought Joe Budden came out as bi mm-hmm. and I was really ready to support Joe a, as an ally. And then I found out that they were just defending the baby. So it didn't, it didn't really work out the way I wanted it to. So I want to know what does, what does Joe bottoms <laughs> saying he's bi have anything to do with, Da baby saying that he thinks AIDS is whack. Look, I'm not saying Joe Bottoms is smart or that he's like drawing a uh, drawing <laughs> a, him and his him and his <laughs> dumbass co-hosts are drawing like a clear through line. I just that's the information. I've that's been just given. what you got. That's just that's just got. the information I've been given. So it's been a, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster for me this afternoon, but I'm I'm happy to be you know podcasting with you before we take off for the the final leg of the how long gone 2021. Uh, world tour we're gonna go to seattle but you know if you're listening to this today we're gonna be in seattle there are some tickets left we have a band called enum claw who are a cool local band playing that we became friends with so come through it's probably gonna be raining though you guys are used to that i'm not i gotta be honest with you you know i was joking about uh you know i was joking about wearing my arterics but I keep all that stuff in New York, so I don't even have any slickers on deck. Do you need to borrow some of my gear? No, I'm good. You know I'm arced up. I think I'll thug it out. I think I'll just, you know, um, I have some, I'll just bring an umbrella. I don't know. I'll just bring, I don't know, an umbrella. Well, we'll be, we'll be in and out of, you know, escalades and stuff. It's not like, what kind of umbrella do you have, Chris? I don't even know what I have here. I think I have an A24 one. (laughs) Thank you to, thank you to Caitlin Phillips for lacing me with that, you know, it's nice, actually. It lets people know I'm not as dumb as I look. I'm actually just a cinephile. Oh, this guy looks like an idiot. Oh, never mind. He has an A24 <laughs> umbrella. <laughs> no, this guy. Hold on. This guy loves Ladybird. Let me go see what's up with him. You probably didn't even like Ladybird, did you? No, of course not. That's probably like the last A24 movie I did like. I didn't even like it that much. No, no. Meet Summer. That show was fire. I don't fuck with Gerwig. You know that. I don't fuck with Gerwig. Right, right, right. No. You're more of a uncut gems guy You're more of a sandler cat i get it i like spade not sandler bomb bomb back is the goat but but greta's gonna ruin his career that's another podcast um you know people talk about like what's your what what is an ideal guest you want to have on the show and mm-hmm. you know i'll mm-hmm. say you know all the greats rogan all that stuff but i really feel like david spade is an, is my, probably my next he's my next conquest i mean neil brennan would be big just because i think we both are fans no we're gonna get neil once neil's done with his his new york show thingy he's He's gonna come on. I know that he's he's a he's aware of us. But if anyone listening has a has an in on Spade, let me know. Any if any of you ladies live in you know Arizona and you see Spade at the local watering holes, you know any listeners in the Scottsdale area? <laughs> yeah, any any pro athlete, retired pro athletes in the Scottsdale area that are <laughs> listening to this podcast? No, I, I think. Um, but I'm I'm uh, tomorrow on the flight. I've got a 
I got to finish a book, but then I have a new book to dig into that I'm pretty excited about. So you're a busy guy. So you're one of those guys who works on the planes. You're not just going to yeah, take a nap or watch watch TV. You're you're working the whole it's time. Called, it's a book called Sell Out, the major label feeding frenzy that swept punk, emo, and hardcore in 1994 to 2007. Okay. So you're reading kind of the important stuff that required well, it's, it's But it's got, all the, it's got all the out, bro. It's got Jawbreaker. It's got Jimmy Eat World. It's got... You know, the distillers for you. The distillers? You're reading a book that features the distillers? Jesus Bro, Christ. I tried to forget about them too, but I, now that I can learn about now I can learn about their record deal and how much money they got, I'm 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 back in. You know what I mean? Whoever wrote this book must have got a huge advance. Dan, I know honestly it's getting a lot of it might it, I mean it's a pretty let me see who published this. I'm just kidding. I know you're kidding. I know I know you're kidding. I know you're kidding. Yeah, actually it looks like it's on a small imprint. Uh it is hardback though. Um so you know. <laughs> It's nice. Nice. It came out in full hardback. Maybe. Maybe this. Maybe this. Look, I like Jawbreaker as much as the next guy. Oh no! Look, it's an imprint of Harper Collins. This isn't a joke. Okay, this isn't a joke. Don't don't do that. But anyway, so we're going to Seattle. It's going to be raining, and apparently, the guys from Enum Claw told me the venue is known for its pizza, which is interesting. Yeah, we might have to dip into some badass za. We'll see. Yeah, because nothing. Yeah, but friend of the show, creative director of the How Long Gone world of brand sam jane joining us so that we're we're gonna have to get extra lit yeah we're gonna need a third microphone for him yeah guess, that, that's right? what yeah I mean, if he has enough 818 he'll, he'll want to get up there and talk about you know f- font foundries i would say more more likely if i have too much 818 we will we will have to have him come up yeah that's true to maybe do a little um weekend at tj's we, style weekend at tj's style bit we'll get him in an oversized <laughs> oversized ill-fitting suit that's a good idea. uh but then after after seattle then uh then we come back to la our show at the lodge room which i believe is sold out now mm-hmm. so if you have a plug there you know hit up your plug we have a pre-party at burger lords which is right downstairs next door from the lodge room we are doing a, a little little party kind of kickback just to just to get the wheels greased up Chris will not be participating because there's food involved. So um, come come hang out with me mm-hmm. and have a bacon western cheeseburger, vegan of course, uh, and some nice farm to table beer offerings from Homage Brewery, which is a very sick local brewery. And then yeah. finally, San Francisco uh, on Sunday, which we still have tickets for. That one is going to feature a live uh, interview with. Our, our friend Jonah from Blackbird Spy Planes. So he's a very, very good talker. So that's going to be a fun one. So make sure you pull up for that. Uh, and, and LA is going to feature Whitmer Thomas and Ryan O'Connell. Well, let's talk about Chicago because we got, I mean, right now it's looking like. Our, and Chicago. It's looking like sold out Shubas. It's going to be Alkaline Trio with a Virgil Abloh DJ set. I'm still got kind of, <laughs> I'm still kind of getting the, putting the pieces together. I've called in some favors, but it's going to be Jason, Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio and Virgil back to back. This is something you've never seen before. Sure, you've seen it online on YouTube and stuff. From I think I don't remember which boiler room that we did, but <laughs> this is not a deep fake. This is real stuff, guys. No, but <laughs> but honestly, Shubas is sold out. We are doing an after party at Blind Barber. Uh, shout out to Augie. Shout out to Ben Edgar. Uh, we will we will figure out the details for that and let all our. Um, Midwesterners. Yeah, so that's going to be on that's going to be on Tuesday, November 9th. If you're in Chicago and you were unable to to get tickets for our show, then uh then come to the Blind Barber. You can check out DJ Them Jeans playing rap music from 2017. We do have a guest. 
Sam Avion is a singer, songwriter, producer, mixer. Stickman. Uh, Stickman. Uh, his new album is out now on Fat Possum Records, our friends over there. Try to go to Fat Possum. I mean, he's done stuff with uh, Blonde Redhead, Okerville River, Cass McCombs. Uh, you know, the list goes on. Mm. Uh, and not, not, to, not to forget Buck Meek and also our dogs and Big Thief. Um, but he lives in the Catskills like a true freak. Um, so uh, let's let's get him on the horn and and see how his his little tour is going. Bye bye. Hey Chris, it's Tim. Time. Let's get into some Timberland talk. How are you? I'm great, man. I was just I was just looking here uh, at the Timberland Green Stride Sole on these boots they sent me. It's made from 75 percent renewable sugarcane and natural rubber. Uh, which which does the job of combining eco consciousness and comfort. Okay, that's a that's a very good amount. That's almost that's that's almost one hundred percent. So all that natural rubber, all that sugarcane, that's everything that's renewable. That's going to do a good job as part of Timberland's commitment to make sure their their products are sustainable for a more greener world, uh, with the goal of having a net positive impact on the environment by 2030 that's positive that's better than neutral and much better than negative of course of course but i i would we'd be remiss not to discuss the the eco-conscious materials that we've we've laid out for you uh also you know they look cool they're rugged lightweight and durable you can go shop the men's and women's green stride collection on timberland.com sam avion where the hell are you bro dude i'm in bushwick uh the town of many ghosts for me (laughs) <laughs> town of many ghosts what does that mean exactly spooky i just many i've i've had some spooky past lives here in bushwick in bushwick brooklyn i don't think you're the only one uh and i also think that's the only reason to go there is for spooky <laughs> chris is bushwick known as a a paranormal playground no i don't think he means paranormal jason I, are you talking more like spooky dick <laughs> and less than the extraterrestrial talking, beings i think i think sam i think sam's talking about his unit as well as maybe some drug use <laughs> is is what i'm is what i'm guessing his unit <laughs> yeah well i mean the only reason to go to bushwick unless you're poor is to <laughs> party especially in 2000 you know sam i don't know how old you are but i i'm guessing you're closer to 30 than 20 this is a correct assumption <laughs> okay see so so it, it, it's it, you know i never lived in bushwick thank god but i did have to go there to party and there was a time where i mean i think now it's having a nice little resurgence but it's i been like that re-branded. you said you had to go there but the had was to party as if you know it was a government mandate that you had to go do coke and watch a, a vice music band play <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but I but I think now it's been rebranded, Sam, as East Williamsburg. Oh, there's a rebrand. There always is. Well, we're we're pretty big into real estate stuff, so uh-huh. I know you're busy yeah, in the like, studio laying down tracks with some of that warm compression. So it's no wonder that you don't keep up with these trends. Actually, I I will be honest. They've been throwing that term around for years. Ever since I was sleeping in a practice space on DeKalb Avenue, they were saying this is actually East Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, yeah. I'm in Bushwick. Actually, if you're familiar with the record titles, there's a song called Arnold's Place. Okay. I'm at Arnold's Place right now. How's Arnold doing, by the way? Oh, the fans want to know. <laughs> Arnold is thriving. So Arnold's like, Arnold's a holdout, man. He's been here for longer than they've been calling it East Williamsburg. Because I just thought Arnold was a cat the whole time. So this is a guy. <laughs> Yeah, you're saying this is a breathing human. This is a living. Okay, so he's he, Arnold's been here for a long time. Yeah, he's back when this was all orange orange groves, orange groves, um, tobacco fields, <laughs> yeah, uh, po- mm. ponytails. Um, 
<laughs> all the all the good shit back when you could still get a decent line of cocaine around here you know where can yeah, i get a like... decent line of cocaine around here for crying out loud back when a dime bag cost a dime am i right brother man <laughs> this is my problem with biden's america you know you can't go get a, a decent line of coke in any of these major cities anymore and, and you know i just i you know i don't know what to do anymore well i mean i woke up to the goddamn twitter headline that said drug users are are, are nostalgic for for the old the old drugs oh the heroin <laughs> i saw that i saw that yeah the, i saw that too yeah. yeah because you know what honestly i get it it's like i think that the as a as a person who's been sober for like five years like yeah. i don't know i don't know if i would want to do drugs with the same uh, at the same level i did because it's actually dangerous and also everything's lame like yeah weed is so lame weed is so lame now you know hey, it's- take it easy take it easy <laughs> like <laughs> on the sweet sense of mia but you're right i think that i if you've been doing heroin for a long time and you know how it works it's like getting a hot bag with fentanyl in it is well, really yeah i mean it, the head the headline's a little like you know a little wanking off it's like we don't like the drugs nowadays because uh, you do one speck of it and it kills you instantly. Uh, yeah, of course you don't like it. Like fentanyl will murder, <laughs> has will instantly kill you, and it's not as good Literally as living off of all of your friends. Yeah, like yeah, no shit, yeah. no shit. You don't like it, and you're nostalgic for drugs that don't kill you. Not only our friends, guys, but you know Tom Petty, uh, Prince. I think they're. This both is why I don't like the it. media. They're always sensationalized. They're always making a story out of the obvious, <laughs> and, and even heroin. I thought I thought the old H was sacred, but I mean, people have always been. You know, talking about the good old days of drug use back when, back when you could smoke a joint, not get high. It didn't. Well, <laughs> you would get something, yeah. but it didn't put you in the hospital. It didn't make you call your mom and and confess to you know taking five dollars from her wallet when you were ten years old or yeah whatever it might be. Uh, or or you always hear the stories of you know I wish quaaludes were around because everyone I kind of do though I would try some quaaludes honestly I've just never tried them so I'm just curious yeah of course of course but it's kind of like you know what how good could the quaaludes have been you know I think they, I think pretty fucking good well right, they, they made a mm-hmm. wonderful documentary about them with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a great doc. That was a great God. I really like. Honestly, if they really made like a legitimate, like if they did a ESPN thirty for thirty on Quaaludes, <laughs> I would watch the living fuck out of that documentary. Yeah, that's 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 something I would pay to stream. I wouldn't even steal that or watch it on the. On oh, the take my money. It'd be it'd be the next Dior and I for me. Yeah, I'm a big documentary guy, Sam. You'll learn that as we as we press along. Sam, I noticed that you you played the the hallowed halls of Bowery Ballroom last night. Is that true? I did. I played the halls. I decked them. Thanks for letting her down easy after we blew the fucking shit roof off of. That yeah, place we, we, a couple weeks ago. We Ooh. just played. Yeah, we did. We did Bowery Ballroom. Yo, how's weeks. my dick taste, Sam? Uh-huh. <laughs> you got my slappies. Hey, I don't come to your, I don't come to your job and knock the dick out of your mouth. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but uh, how, did, how did it this go? Gonna be a good, this is going to be a good hour, Sam. I could already tell. <laughs> <laughs> the tour the tour just started though right yeah it started i'm getting the old sea legs back i'm i'm trying not to dissociate does this does a c stand for COVID? <laughs> yeah 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 I, i'm talking tough but i don't do that many drugs really okay i just okay. I, I drink the old the old alcohol and i imbibe but i mean i you know I, you guys have been on tour i've seen the pictures mm-hmm. you've seen the pics you're entertaining people that's what i'm like kind of worried about i'm like fuck i have to people want to pay their good money and be entertained and i'm just like mm. am i just 
going to play these shy-ass funky white boy songs or what the <laughs> fuck am I doing? Are my, are my songs entertaining enough? Yeah. Like, sure, you know, NPR stations across the world are going to play the fuck out of these songs. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, it's Saturday night. We got a sitter. You know, I got my hard-earned money, yeah, and I want I want you to rock my dick off. And maybe are you are you a little self-conscious about it? Maybe you were trying to increase the entertainment value, or you know, the hashtag yeah, experience yeah. level. I mean, I'm I'm like I'm a quiet guy, you know. Could have fooled me, Sam. Yeah, what's your well? What's your banter like? Who do you have the best rapport with on stage? Does the drummer have a mic? Is it the bass player? What's the vibe? It's just me up there, man. Oh, you don't have a band? I mean, I got a band, but they don't talk. You got to pay extra for that. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> Chris, he already doesn't want to pay these fucking guys. <laughs> but to pay the... Oh, you want me to talk now? Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's an extra 500 a week, yeah. and the Sprinter is not getting any cheaper. I don't know. I just... I try to keep it real and not do, like... I just try to be honest with people, you know? Just mm-hmm. talk talk about whatever. I My favorite... I mean, New York was home for 10 years for me, so I felt like a hometown crowd. They were so quiet and sweet and... Mm-hmm. They listened so intently, and we had a special guest, um, Kazu from Blonde Redhead. She came up and sang a song, and that was sick. Yo, I've I've had a crush on her for like twenty years, man. <laughs> yeah, you and every Blonde Redhead fan. It's yeah. I mean, even her solo stuff, bro. I'm I'm different than the other fans. <laughs> I listen to the <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of hers, and Kazu's it's cool incredible. that you guys have a song together. Yeah, because she's on the record. She's on your record, right? Well, not the new record, but she's on. We did a song together. Yeah, what a celestial spirit she is. Oh, totally. So so special. My favorite comment from the audience last night was this guy. And I think it shows my demographic pretty clearly. This guy was like, we did an encore and he was like, let's get through this. I got to feed two cats. At, I got two cats at home to feed. <laughs> <laughs> Rufus and Arnold are probably clawing up the couch right now. We got to wrap this. So the encore is one song. I let's did just do this. Keep songs. it at once. I did too. Much to this guy's chagrin. Yeah. You you lived in New York for for ten years. You're from New York, though. Are you from the the city of New York? Well, I grew up in North Carolina, but I I did my time in in Brooklyn for I'm gonna say ten because I was on um New York local news, New York one local news once, and I think that adds a year of just New York. Oh, that yeah 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 that adds a year. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, so you were on the local news because uh um well actually it's an interesting story. There you remember this. You ever hear of the studio, the the Magic Shop? Yeah, 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 yes. It it was this iconic spot that like Bowie made his last couple of records in, mm-hmm. and like Dave Grohl did some TV show there about music and shit. Can be perfect. Then Beck tried to buy it, but they <laughs> <laughs> they ultimately like ended up selling the building to you know it's classic condo condo story. Um, mm-hmm. So it got turned into a condo, but. Um, I was there the last week that they were, I was working, mixing my first record the last week that they were open. And I just happened to be there when New York one came in and we're like, the owner was literally like putting two inch tape on the sidewalk that had like Bjork and arcade fire, you know, labels and stuff. Cause like these people hadn't come to get their tapes. Wow. So there was all this, he was just dumping it, you know? And like, yeah, so they just did a really short interview. Like, you didn't, you didn't get to meet Pat Kiernan, did you? This was a, a another. I did not. No. Okay, just want to make sure. So you're just a man on the street, and they're, uh, they're yeah. like, What does this place mean to you? About if these old walls could talk, blah 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 blah. Yeah, hundred percent. And you're like, all right, yeah, my new album's out uh, <laughs> on March 24th. Yeah, man, I wish I was walking by to to secure a couple couple reels, a uh, two inches of Bjork. You know what I'm saying? I know, right? Oh. I should have. I should have like just 
picked that up and sold it on eBay. Jason loves Bjork. Would have made more money than your first record, right? Yeah. I, <laughs> no, still in the hole with that shit. <laughs> you know, I was speaking of records and being in the hole, I was, have you heard of another podcast, Joe Rogan? Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So I was listening to, I'll listen to it from time to time. I'm not a huge fan, but if, if I hear it's a good episode, or if the guest is good, I'll give a listen. Sure. And he recently had singer songwriter Jewel on there, which oh, wow. oh yeah, I heard this too. I heard this too, Jason. But go ahead. You know, I'm, go I'm, ahead. I wouldn't consider myself a huge Jewel fan, but I, a bunch of people said it's a crazy, crazy good. I love, I love Jewel. But oh, okay, that's good to know. Yeah, go. But this, this it was like a three, four hour interview, and, and Jewel was probably one of the better podcast guests, public speakers, whatever storytellers mm. I've ever heard. It was crazy, but she was talking about how she. When she was like a little singer songwriter, and she was like living in her car, uh-huh. and she was like, you know, like in their seventeen or eighteen years old or something like that, and she got a record deal, and she was offered a million dollar advance. There's a whole bidding war, all the labels. <laughs> she she got a million dollar advance, and she turned it down Whoa. because she didn't have a manager, she didn't have an agent, she didn't know about any of this. She went to the bookstore, stole a book about like music management. And figured out like, oh, like you got to pay, you know, the advance is just a loan. It's not just a free money. And she was like, well, I'm probably not going to ever make a million dollars back. So I'm not going to take the advance. And then she told them to give her a salary of $2,000 a month so she could have, you know, an apartment, you know? Yeah. And as a result of not taking an advance, she was able to negotiate a huge back end deal. And then, you know, puts her first record out, doesn't sell shit for whatever, and then goes on tour with... Her first t- tour is opening up for Dylan. Wow. She starts finally selling records, and then when she's when she was twenty years old, she was selling a million records per month Fuck. for over for over a year straight with an insane <laughs> so back end deal. Anyway, her, her mom stole a hundred million dollars. She made a hundred million dollars. She made a hundred million dollars. But she still doesn't. She still say though, like I still never have to work again. Like I'm oh my good. God. Kind of. I mean, when I was listening to it, she, she said at 34, between 20 and 34, she made a hundred million dollars, and at 34, she owed the IRS three million. Uh, I didn't see that one. That's a curveball. I didn't see that coming. Big curveball. I thought this was just going to be a rags to riches, you know, rags to riches to rags. But you know. I just thought of it right now because we were talking about you know. Well, I know that I know that Connor I know that Connor Oberst gave you a hundred million dollar advance over there at Saddle Creek. Oh, good, yeah, good old old Connor. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, well, honestly, his catalog paid for my advance. That's for sure because you know that's where they get their money, and that and like Big Steve's first record or whatever. Sam, you're also in in addition to making and performing and and all that stuff, your own music. You're also in in the studio doing some like production engineering work is that true yeah 100 percent. i got a i got a wholesome thing going on upstate you know um what's her name <laughs> uh, got a wholesome ting upstate mm-hmm. you sound like you sound like drake when he pulls into the cat skills. i like that <laughs> okay so you got a little you got a little studio up there yeah my my uh so my partner's name is hannah um and she's a musician. Big shout outs to Hannah. Big shout outs. And we have a dog named Jan. Jan. And uh, we have a <laughs> yeah, we have a studio. Um and so Jan, okay. You know, if people come up and uh, you know, there's not much else to do besides make music and cook stuff. So that's what we do. 
and it's great do the whole recording process there and you guys will just hang out for a week it's like a month oh hang out for a month and you really yeah. do be cooking we're gonna get into your chef skills we do be cooking the, kind of the back half the back half of the pod is pretty much just gonna only involve food <laughs> hope you're okay with that i'm, I'm i love it you will be so when you're up there in in the cat skills upstate are we are we like hunting badgers and skinning them alive and cooking <laughs> them up like that, or are we just visiting the local farmers market for some ramps? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I'll forage some mushrooms. I actually had a okay. a, a brief crisis because you know <laughs> mushroom foraging can be can be can be dangerous. It could turn into a, <laughs> a, a from a delicious treat to a crisis pretty quick. Yeah, on account of the poisoning, I'm capable of of gathering a couple different species that I know will not kill people. There's like this type of puffball that grows on the ground. <laughs> it's, puff it's really ta- yeah, puffball. It's tasty. They're small, pear-shaped. Uh, mm-hmm. I picked some up, you know. I picked up a couple pear-shaped puffballs in my day, too. Brother, <laughs> I was about to say, that's Jason's type. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> really tee me up. Tee me up like fucking no. Thank you, Ryan. Sam. Thank speaking, you, Sam. Speaking I'm not your te- language. I'm, I'm not texting Sam, by the way, Jason. That was all natural. <laughs> it's like Jordan and Pippin with you and I. You know what I mean? So so there's a so the puff ball it's a little pear shaped puff you fry it up sizzles up real nice but it sizzles doesn't have a dop- has a doppelganger that- so my friend was like if it's white on the inside you're all good so I checked him out it's like yeah most of them they're white on the inside but that's more Chris's type more Chris's type I took for granted that um, maybe I didn't look at all of them and. Uh, uh-huh. So we we fry these puffballs up, and I had my family visiting, and I, so the know, heat like, is on. The heat, yeah, is the heat on. is on, and I was like, you know, hey Hollywood, heat. I heard you've been cooking up. Boy, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm licking my lips, ready for it, and you're sweating, sweating like a whore in church, aren't you? Paul Hollywood was my dad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, okay. Poof. We, we call him Poof. Poof balls, then. Um, I call him Red Lobster. There we go. <laughs> I love Paul Hollywood. He's always looked like he's been like drinking gin, like a lot of gin, like in in like Spain, Spain somewhere. And he just like flew into the tent, you know, for that baking episode. And then what we doing then? What we doing then? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I looked him up one time. His last name is actually Hollywood. It's not a fake. <laughs> it's not a fake name. His his real God given last name is Hollywood. That's so twisted. So cool. It's incredible. I mean, you got to give it to him. The man made his whole stick giving people a fucking handshake. Like, I know, right? I like seeing that show. It makes me feel it it's good i have well, to watch let's, it like, well first let's talk about you poisoning your okay. family with a puffball yeah. and then we'll get into some some bake off i'm so hung over today because i was overserved last night so i'm a little fritzy you'll have to <laughs> excuse me you're a little fritzy yeah i'm just like a little fritzed out my brain you know it's just a little fritzed out you must excuse me i've been overserved <laughs> once again yeah once yeah i love mid uh, medieval sam coming out when he's talking yeah. about the the mead he was drinking at the bar at the barry bar <laughs> I've had one too many Celsius and vodkas last evening. (laughs) All right, let me finish the puff. I'll start. Finish the puff, and then we're going to get into your hangover. i got a couple remedies for you you're going to just love. Serve the puff balls, but I had decided last minute because I read in another. I was like, fuck, I'm just going to Google this one more time. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, actually, the Amanita death cap mushroom in its um, infant stage looks like a white pear-shaped puff ball. And I was like, oh, fuck. And like... They're like, check the inside of every puffball to make sure you didn't get a death cap mushroom. 
Jesus. Um, let me just let me just say, guys, this is why I go to restaurants. Okay, but but <laughs> you go you go ahead, Sam, because I'm not putting my I'm not putting my life in the hands of like a a drunk guitar player. You know what I mean? That, that's not that is not what you, you guys can do that if you want to. And I, I'm your parents are, are Chris, are, Chris, Chris. Even the best CDC when he's slammed right now, and you got tickets coming up, you. you Sometimes things fall through the cracks, even if you've gone yeah. through the the full culinary system, Chris. You you never know, man. No, I understand. You I just understand. never know. Always check your puffs, Chris. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> so got to learn about the death cap, which is kind of an amazing mushroom in its infant stage. Looks like a puffball. Mm-hmm. It just has the faint outline of its adult self in its baby self, which is kind of wild. <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it kills you, like hands down kills you. Like, like, <laughs> hands like down. a lot of mushrooms just, yeah, a lot of mushrooms will make you sick, but the survivability of eating a death cap is like extremely low. Like not many people have survived. So now I know why they call it the death cap. Yeah. They also call it the angel of death. I think they call it the angel of death because of the way it kills you. It makes you extremely ill. You like vomit and shit and do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And for like 12 hours. And then, like, and then you feel better. Like after twelve hours of misery, you you get better, and you're like, "Oh, I'm, I'm gonna make it through." Like, I see the light. Like, think of the weight loss. And then, like, you have like four hours of like feeling better, and then just with no warning, you just die. Damn, that's the coolest shit ever. <laughs> yeah, Except so for cool. if you died. Yeah. So there was. So was were, were the the puffs you had baby angels of death? No, you were good. They weren't. So I. I ate one and Hannah ate one. And then I was like, wait, I think we might have just like Romeo and Julieted ourselves. Um, <laughs> let's, let's like not give this to my family. And she went and threw up and I just kind of rolled with it. I, I don't know. It was like, well, fuck. <laughs> so you were on your Biggie Smalls ready to die. Yeah. So when she when she went to go vomit, she she was like, I'm going to induce vomiting on myself as a precaution. Yeah. She She wasn't driven to vomit uncontrollably. This is true. Yeah, she went to induce vomiting. I just wanted to maintain a shred of humanity in my last moments, and I just drank <laughs> wine. And, and uh... <laughs> hey, babe, hey, babe, you good? Yeah. At, you good in there? I'm gonna open the. Yeah, I'm gonna open the orange one. Yeah, <laughs> this Sicilian shit is really on. <laughs> what a heavenly way to pass. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm being dramatic, but it, we were fine. Oh no, no. I mean, every every time. I see on my Instagram stories somebody doing some mushroom foraging and they're like, I, I almost think that they use like the Latin words to kind of show their friends mm-hmm. and family to sort of put them at ease that they really do know what they're talking about because yes. otherwise it's like, this, this one look good. And you're like, uh, maybe like, maybe, you know, but it was like, oh, I've identified this scleronophagus, you know, and like <laughs> you can tell by the orange spotting that yeah. it's, uh, you know, winter is about to come, you know, like, okay, I think this person knows what they're doing. They've read some manuals and all that stuff, but yeah. I'm no. always a little worried, like whenever these mushroom forager people on my Instagram stories are going to, at a certain point, they're going to die, but they're going to kind of yeah die doing what they love. It'll be beautiful. I mean, you should come with me because I... I'm like a guitar player, so I don't know any of that Latin shit. I just uh-huh. <laughs> like um, this. Like, I took a friend recently, and he was like, "How do you know this one is the one?" And I was like, <laughs> "It just is. Trust me. Like, I ate it once. Don't worry. <laughs> it just is, bro. It, it was be, like a don't mushroom. Be, don't it's be all stupid, good, man, bro. Of course, quit being so uptight with your life. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I mean, they're they're the one that I'm like super capable of finding and eating is the hen of the woods, which is really docile mm-hmm. and there's no look poisonous lookalike. So, and hen of the woods, 
a delicious offering mm. and also brings a pretty penny if, if times get tough you can do a little foraging uh, that's my fallback mm-hmm. that's my fallback mm-hmm. you want you're gonna be the truffle guy the truffle guy i'm sure you have some cool vintage gear you, you could unload but you want to hold on to that i know yeah i know sell it all i mean man I don't know. People, are, I guess, are still making records. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you have the look. I mean, if I'm if I'm in a band, you know, actually, it's it's funny because I just separately interviewed Dave Gahan from um, Depeche Mode and Leon Bridges. Oh, cool! And they both cool. They both though went and made records like the old way. Yeah, like we're going to live together. We're going to do this. You know, Leon did it in L.A. Dave did it in in Malibu at Rick Rubin's place, but. I think that may be coming back. It's coming back. I mean, because, you know, in the infinite digital workspace, it just, you, it's so easy to get lost. Mm-hmm. No, for, I mean, I, I'm sure. And I also think that if you're offering the facility, you know, people have the time. It's like, it's more fun. Yeah. It's more fun to do it that way. Yeah. It's, I mean, I was just on the, I just did like a talk house interview with James from Big Thief, like mm-hmm. before this thing. James is the, James is the drummer, correct? He's the drummer. Yeah. And they came and stayed for a month last year during covid like to do a record oh cool and um it was like that old-fashioned way you know we did it on tape did it in a room no headphones adrian sang all of her vocals live it was so easy it's just so much easier it does feel all you have to do is just be uh really really good at playing music <laughs> exactly, and exactly. Recording this is yeah, absolutely <laughs> monsters at your instruments this is true but i mean we we um yeah. we're big Big Thief fans, actually, Buck Meek was on this podcast. Oh, I love Buck. We saw them play, and Jason and I were transfixed by James's drumming. We've talked about it a lot. The man, the man is transcendent on the kit. Yeah, like I don't even really understand what he's doing. He's an enigma for sure. You see him, and like you, it's yeah, it's hard to like. He just hits the drums in such a pleasant, groovy, special way that he's really unique. A hundred, no, his 100%, energy, hundred oh. percent. I, I, I agree. It was, it was really. We were both like pretty focused on it. it. Was, it was really interesting. He's one of my favorite drummers in the world. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Do you, did Buck tell you any good jokes? Buck's life is so insane. We didn't have time to get to the jokes. Is he a jokester? Yeah, yeah I didn't know Buck was a jokester. He's a trickster, you know. He's he's he's, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like George Clooney on set. He loves pranks, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, Buck. Buck, I love. I love Buck so much. I'm going to go see him tonight because we're off in New York and uh, he's playing Williamsburg. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. I just love that those that all of them seem so out there, but the music is so like, it, it's pretty well, it's big. You, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like big and really well liked in like a lot of different circles. It's very popular. Yeah. That's the perfect band to, to come do, you know, month in the stew though. Oh, that, yeah. that sounds, it was so fun. So we we've heard other stories of you know, of uh of our label mates Bon Iver doing that at his studio yeah over at his compound and they'll do the same thing but he's he's doing a different kind of mushrooms are you guys kind of going on a little bit of a, a mystic journey as well I actually microdose like okay. done there are times where I've done large amounts and now <laughs> as <laughs> Now I do less, less, less mushrooms. Yeah, that's kind of that's, that's, okay. that's kind of how it goes with drugs. You know what I mean? Sometimes you do yeah. a lot, sometimes you do less. You know? You know, for for me, I was I was microdosing mushrooms for a while, and it was cool, but it it was a little inconsistent for me, and and sometimes I would not feel anything at all, which I guess is sort of the the point of it. And then sometimes I would be like in a meeting. And then, like seeing like tracers, and been like, yeah. being like, oh, like I'm supposed to read an email, and I can't like see the letters on my screen right now. This is yeah, this is potentially bad. But I mean, luckily, 
I don't really that doesn't really matter in this this point in my life now. But I think the next time I do mushrooms properly, I want to do like how I used to do back in the old days, just a, a full eighth down the gullet and go big. Yeah, <laughs> full eighth, uh, and then ju- you know get me a walking stick, big big old jug <laughs> of water, and then that's about it. You know, give me a walking stick. <laughs> I, I'm thankful for those 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 moments. You know, Mark Marin, whatever Mark Marin is. I like some of his stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's a good you like, interview. You like some of his records? Yeah. 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 He used to be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't actually listened in a long time, but he had some good stand up a while, a long, like 10, 10 years ago or something. There was a bit about just like drugs. The, the takeaway is like, ride it out, man. And you take that wherever you go. Mm-hmm. Like, just like, you know, this shit's going to get wild. You just going to have to ride that out. <laughs> like, He's right. He's right. No, and, yeah. and not to bring up Rogan again and podcasters again, but I think people ask him about that. And he's like, when, when people smoke weed or eat an edible and they just like get way, way, way too fucked up. Yeah, he's kind of like yeah, you're you're supposed to do that. Like sometimes <laughs> it's supposed to be. Sometimes it's supposed to be difficult for a reason. And like yeah, you know, like you have to really like truly ride this Man, out. You fucking you you fucking hippies. I mean, back in my day, back in my day, <laughs> how did how did you ride it out, strongman Chris? <laughs> I would do too much. I would do too much Molly and just do a ton of coke to kind of level out. That's how we. That's yeah. how we did it back in my day. Okay. Well, whenever I saw you do too much Molly, Chris. <laughs> the 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 word level out is not the thing that i would come to mind the only this is this is what he would do to level out uh, you know according to my vision my, my own two eyes that i would see see with he would level out by walking he would be like if he's in a room and there's it's just like he's standing on the ground yeah like that that means that he is sort of in danger so <laughs> He would have to walk over and find a wall that he could touch. So now he knows. Now he knows that he's in a three-dimensional space, and yeah. then he can kind of. Uh. As long as the wall is there, everything's going to be fine. And then he can just kind of hug that drywall until he hits like the exit exit door or whatever, and then get into his his Denali to head home for some water. <laughs> I mean, look, I oh. I see both sides. I think both are valid. When you're on Molly, I, I mean, and I don't fault you, Chris, because that wall feels so good. It feels when so good. When you're touching good. that wall, yeah, and you wouldn't oh, you wouldn't give me a massage. So what was I supposed to do? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to go like I just don't want to spend the whole show talking about narcotics. But you guys seem like cool guys. Can I tell you a story? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Chief. Does a dog have fleas? Come on, brother. <laughs> I love stories. It's a tour story. Um. I played in this band, like I moved to New York to start this band with my friends and it was like a psychedelic loud band and we just played loud, it was like Deerhoof inspired loud music, right? Oh, forgot about Deerhoof. Oh man, I worshipped Deerhoof at a time in my life. Great, great, great. They helped me transition out of like being a jazz guy, like because mm. stu- I studied jazz, but anyway, you can see why there would be some crossover. Nothing but, wrong um, with jazz, brother. Ang- angsty 19 year old needing to get out of like John Coltrane's space. Gets into deer hoof. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. A tale as old as time. Well, it, it kind of is these days. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right. So this band, like, we got booked. Actually, it was Deerhoof's TM in Europe. Uh, his name's Jakob, and he's from the Czech Republic. And he was like, he reached out and he's like, "Hey, like, I'll book you guys a tour in Europe." And we we're like, "Whoa, really? Like, of course, let's do it." And so he sent us this routing, and it was like 15 days in the Czech Republic, <laughs> and. <laughs> that sounds like the Yakuba, I know. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, Slovenia, Slovakia, like all East Germany. Uh, no France, no UK. It's like the complete opposite tour that everyone does who's like in the in music industry. Like A bunch of cities it. that you didn't even know had stages to perform <laughs> on. <laughs> Every each yeah. one of these cities, you guarantee that not a single person there knows who you are. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, but I mean, they were so sweet. But I mean, this whole experience was like a Euro trip movie. It just right. was every insane thing that could happen, like totally happened. I it was the three of us. We flew over with backpacks. I like took my guitar apart and put it in the backpack and brought like wow, pair of pants. Shit, bro. wow. It was like. <laughs> We were jamming Econo, like in. in so the, you were in the deer hoof, okay? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the truest of ways. Um, so we, you know, we do these shows in the Czech Republic. They're super weird. Like, play all these festivals, and yeah, they really love Molly over there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know that. Actually, this show was in Leipzig that we. This story happened. So get to Leipzig. My first time in East Germany. There's a man sit. It's like an outdoor party. And yeah, I guess this is common in Germany, like having a dance party that goes all night into the morning, sure. outdoors, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's a man sitting in the middle of the yard, like people are dancing kind of slovenly. And he's like <laughs> wearing like tanker goggles and he's sitting in a like a VW that had the like the roof cut off and it's like a rusted out VW and he's got this like it's like some Mad Max shit. Like a Czech burning man kind of vibe. Yeah, hundred percent. And he's just doling out like like crystals of molly um mm-hmm. this is my first molly experience um moon rocks perhaps yeah moon rocks moon rocks take it <laughs> they're moon rocks and they're they they shave i start i shave it off the crystal with like a razor blade and huff it and uh you know night turns into day it's like <laughs> <laughs> like it's like probably like we got there after our show which was so fun but it was like you know, we get there at two in the morning. We stayed there till three p.m. Shit, and oh. it was like I was so lost. And um, was this all, was this in a good way? I mean, it was really fun. It's just a crazy memory. I, I think you know, talking about the Molly trying to find the wall space. So what what kind of music were they listening to? Uh, Full on techno. Full techno. It was techno. Yeah, just techno. Super loud. Um, anyway, <laughs> at some point, some point, I like just kind of disappeared for a while mm-hmm. like you know like standing in the middle of the <laughs> room, uh, in the middle of the room but not present uh mm-hmm. and my german friends who tangent like fuck i love playing in german because they're so honest and like the first this guy comes up after our set and he's like yeah i did not like the music very much but <laughs> I, I, <laughs> like i would like to buy you a drink and like we ended up hanging out all night and his name was bambi very cool. That's Bambi. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, Bambi. <laughs> Motherfucker. So Bambi, Bambi's like, man, this guy's not right. Like, can someone go get him some speed? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Bambi knows. Bambi. Bambi's a real drug user. Shout out to Bambi. Shout out to Bambi for knowing. Yeah, we know shit that Bambi is a real drug user. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your music is shit. I'm Bambi. <laughs> Come with me. You're my new best friend. We need to get him some speed. <laughs> He's not looking good. It's amazing. Like, you just can't make that shit up. Um, so did you do Bambi's speed? I did Bambi's speed, and I didn't sleep for three days. <laughs> Fuck, bro. Bambi had the good shit. I'm not surprised by yeah. that either. Well, I mean, you're doing speed in Germany. We kind of invented this shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it was so 
It was terrible. It was so dangerous because I was the only... Okay, we rented this van, but it was a five-speed, as most cars are over there. Mm -hmm. And my other two bandmates couldn't drive five-speed, so I was the only driver. We had a gig that night (laughs) that we had to get to. Which was like in like an hour and a half probably at this point. Yeah, it was... um, So we were in Leipzig. It was back in the Czech Republic. But of course, it was like the craziest week. It was just such a strange gig. It was for like a, a community center. Didn't know they had those over there. Yeah. <laughs> Communities. Didn't sleep for um, three days. Ended up having to like buy a sleeping pill and like <laughs> check myself into a hotel and cancel a gig so that I could like. Damn. You had to go on medical sleep leave. Yeah. How old, how old were you at the time? I was like 24. That tracks. That's fine then. Yeah, yeah you know, totally that, that's, tracks. That's yeah, fine. Those are the times of your lives where you got to do certain things like that. Get it out of your system. Anyway, that's my Molly story. Pretty good. I did drive. So I drove across all of Europe because we ended up actually in Brussels um, where I got the hotel room and I got us there somehow. Man, I mean, the the thought like when I hear that story, it just makes me or just reminds me of all the times that I'm just like staring at my ceiling at, you know, 10 in the morning, just Mm -hmm. fully not even close to being able to go to sleep. Yeah. And just like my life is pure hell. Like, fuck this. I'm never doing that again. Yeah. But to to be doing that just like in the back of a van in some field in Czechoslovakia, (laughs) it would just be so much extra. Just like, what the fuck? Like, uh, or maybe it would just be freeing uh, because there is no. just you have no clue what's going on. No, no, no. <laughs> no. It was scary. I thought I was going to go insane. Like, I thought I was losing my mind. You know, after three days not sleeping, technically you are kind of insane, uh, I think. It's starting to do some permanent damage. I can't wait to hear those demos that you recorded, you know, during, yeah. during that period. I 100%. The lost tapes are going to be good. I, I'm sure we can get it. Yeah. I'm sure we can get Fat Possum to do a reissue. Well, let's get in touch with Bambi because he's got them all. Yeah. Bambi, I gave you the four track, bro. Can you send that back to me? Actually, Look, once, yeah. once Bambi comes, gets out of jail, we're going to link with him. <laughs> I'm assuming he's. I'm assuming he's behind bars right now for some yeah, reason. Bambi. Uh, yeah, Bambi might not have made it out the slums, but you know. But but Sam, I did want to. I did want to talk to you about food and cooking because apparently you yeah. are you are cooking it up. So you you're you're a Bake Off watcher. What what other shows did you kind of grow up watching to get the the food bug? I'm uh, a big Jacques and Julia fan. <sighs> the classics, um, huh? Jacques. Jacques Pippin, Julie Child. We look. We knew who you were talking. Don't treat me like I'm an idiot. Okay. Well, Chris, Chris, Chris. He's 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 explaining for maybe our listeners at home who might not be familiar with these people. Okay. The less cultured, yes, of course, mm-hmm. of course. That's true. I don't mean to patronize you. Okay, so Jacques and Julia. How did did you get into them from your parents or something? Because that's a little bit of a rare, a rare move to get into on your own. I actually got into them kind of recently, like a couple of years ago. Was it from the movie, Julia and Julia? No, I mean, I'd always been into Julia Child. and My mom watched Julia Child all the time when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. um, I fell in love with their dynamic. They have such a, like, Julia's tough, you know? She's, like, been around, and Jock is also a fucking professional. Mm-hmm. But he's he's so sweet with her, and she, like, gets all bossy and huffy, and he's like, okay, Julia, like, but if you want to do, you know, it's mm-hmm. so good, like, and it's really sweet. <laughs> it's so so you like that dynamic of kind of a tough old broad and like a yeah. polite little French guy? Because usually the French not known for being kind. So yeah, but he's like French Connecticut. There's that. There's that in play as well. <laughs> yeah, French. <laughs> so does that mean you you like making those types of kind of uh, French cuisine from the bygone era, or you just like their dynamic on screen? I'm I'm more, I 
lean towards the Italian side of things because that's my family's background. More of a more of a Mario Batali kind of guy. I guess. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. Mario. I'm I'm an I'm an E V O O user. <laughs> you glug um, that shit don't, like <laughs> blue power red. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And also, a listener, shout out to our our good friends. There's an olive oil called Barancini. Yes. It comes in a large yellow tin. Truly delicious. Give it a look. That's good stuff. I know that stuff. Oh, okay, great. So so more of an Italian guy. Yeah, but I did get into Julia for a minute, and I made her creme caramel, which was really cool. It's like kind of a custard with a caramel top. What about the Coco Van or the, or the beef bourguignon? I made some bourguignon this winter. That was great. I mean, I love cooking with wine, you know? Just mm-hmm. glug, glug it in there. Cheeky son of a bitch. Jason, our, our new friend Sam feels like he's maybe from a different era. Are you getting that vibe a little bit? They don't make them like, the, like Sam no more is what you're saying, huh, <laughs> that's Chris? What, that's, what, that's what I'm saying, man. I feel like... Of you course, know, and of, of course... He's not single. No, yeah, of course. Guys this hot always have a girlfriend. It's fucking annoying. <laughs> Chris, we're not getting into the looks. We're not getting into looks just based off of his bomb ass personality. Oh, I see. You I guys see. are <laughs> you guys are hilarious. I you mentioned my song in a previous podcast. Um Yeah, yeah. And you called me a you call and I appreciate that and I'm such a fan and you guys cracked me up. So thank you for having uh, me. Hey, of course. Of course. But, um, Hell yeah, Sam. You, you called me a stick man, and I didn't know what that <laughs> oh, meant. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So who, I had to ask. I had like the internet didn't even really who did know what you a stick ask? Man was. Who did you ask? What is a stick? Please man? tell me you asked your life partner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I asked my buddy Keenan, who lives up near me. I was like, bro, what's a stick man? <laughs> Keenan gets to fucking, doesn't he? He's. He started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> He's no. like, they called you a stick man? That's badass, man. <laughs> does Keenan, you should be so lucky. Does Keenan work at the local gas station? You made him sound a little, <laughs> you know, you didn't give him. No, I mean, I think that the, yeah, I mean, I, we're pretty friendly with the, the Fat Possum crew. Yeah. So I was, I pay attention over that. Have you been to Oxford? Uh, I have, yeah. I'm looking to get down there. Yeah, man. Go down there. It's, you know, Mississippi, man. It's cool. Go to their new record store. Because, you know, Jason's kind of like a, a California elitist kind of guy. And, you know, I'm originally from Atlanta. So I try to take him on some southern adventures whenever I can. So I think Mississippi. Oh, word. I think Mississippi might blow his little top off. Yeah, he takes me to all these down home hill country Appalachian places like Charleston, South Carolina, <laughs> where you can go have a jog by the Banana Republic store, all kinds of backcountry business. It's nice, man. It's nice. You fucking hate <laughs> Our tour has been a little more uh, fly in, fly out, major cities only. But I, I imagine yeah. you're, you're you're doing the whole thing. Actually, no. Um, this our little tour right now is really conservative. You took a page out of our book. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. We're just kind of feeling it out and it's going really well but you know just didn't want to commit to doing like a five-week kamikaze mm-hmm. tour like because it it's just a big liability honestly like if if someone were to get covid like in the middle of the tour it would just be a lot of money you got a lot of t-shirts to sell eating a hole in your pocket 100 you know? yeah these guys in your band too I, I took a look at them i there's a few of those guys that are anti-vax so you better you better double <laughs> you better you better double check because you know there's a lot of guys that can play rhythm guitar you know that do you need a gig <laughs> are you playing uh no chris can't play guitar are you doing uh la at all yeah i think we're gonna come next year for like a bigger mm. do that we're gonna do the full the full swing i was gonna say if you come to la we should we should link up for a tasty meal i would love that what's your you got some spots 
What do you like to do in LA these days? Bro, I got too many spots. You live you lived you lived here though, didn't you, Sam? I did, but back LA was different when I was there. It was still like a bunch of lonely uh, actors and like punk bands. There wasn't much going on. So so you were here in 89? Like what, how old are you, bro? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you saw X, you saw X play and then you, just, you had to leave? <laughs> I, I actually when I was there it was like 2009, 2010. You okay. still had to like drunk drive everywhere. Like you couldn't get an Uber. Like Uber, <laughs> Uber didn't exist. Like it was kind of lonely. Well, maybe maybe it's perfect for you to come back to LA because now that Uber costs eighty five dollars <laughs> to drive two miles in LA, everyone is back to driving drunk, <laughs> myself included. Oh my god! Um, and you know, keep our fingers crossed that I don't get in an accident or go to jail. But yeah. drunk, unfortunately, drunk driving is is back in a big way. Seems like culturally accepted there. I mean, like I had an internship in LA and. We went out for a party and like at some, I have some bar in Hollywood and, you know, I get wasted and my intern boss is buying me whiskeys and shit. And then I'm like, oh, Tyler, like, how should I get home? He's like, oh, where do you live? I was like, West Hollywood. He's like, oh, you're, just drive, man. Just drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Like, just drive. Yeah. Quit being such a pussy. Shout out to Tyler. He's head of marketing at Netflix now. So congratulations. <laughs> glad to see that he made it. Uh, glad, to see, glad to see that he made it out. I mean, but I, I think when you're in LA and you're driving drunk, all you have to do is have a, like a vehicle that is sort of, it just draws no attention yeah. to you. So it can't be super nice and it can't be super shitty. Just like a car right down the middle. Yeah. Like don't have it be too dirty. Don't have it be super detailed. Yeah. And it, and and you can just kind of slip through the cracks here. What are you rocking? What's your what's your whip? Oh yeah, Jason's really slipping through the cracks in a. No, I've, well, we we have a we got a, like a black pickup truck and a and a black Tesla. So both of those are pretty nondescript. But when I was at the peak of my drunk driving, I remember <laughs> I leased a Toyota Camry hybrid. I forgot about this. I was and yeah, Camry. I, because <laughs> in my mind I was like, oh, can't get a Prius. It's too gay. Uh, so I got a, and, and like the Camry is like, it, that was right when they started having those, have the similar hybrid technology. You know, I'm a taller guy. So I was like, okay, I'll get a bigger car. Yeah. And I was like, I, I'm driving around in a Toyota Camry, just blacked out drunk. And like, when you have like a, just a, a normal, you know, four, four door sedan Toyota Camry. Mm-hmm. With you know no stickers on it that say you know green bud packers or armed and hammered, <laughs> <laughs> no foos, foos gone wild armed, stickers armed on the back or anything. Armed and hammered is so sick. God damn it. <laughs> then, so you know I'm pretty. And as long as the the officer sees that I'm an upstanding young man, also you're white. So yeah, that's a good point. You know I didn't want to say that. Yeah, I'm sorry. But yeah, that is that. That does unfortunately come into play. That's the fucked up thing. Uh, it is fucked up. I had a Honda Civic, which at, at my time was a very similar. Mm-hmm. I feel like that that was as nondescript as possible, and I made it home. Yeah, another fine car to drunk driving. Did you have a car? So what was your car when you were in LA, Sam? Let's see, what was I driving? I I was driving a Forest Green 1991 BMW 318 Ti. No, that's su- <laughs> damn. This is why we know you're a stick man, bro. Because yeah. <laughs> that's a panty dropper. You had no money, you know, but you had a cool car. I gotta be honest. My dad got it from his the guy he works with uh, for probably like fifteen hundred bucks or something. I love that. We I drove that car into the ground, um, but you know, drove multiple times across the country. Um, it was a good little car, but um, I, apparently it was 
perfect because I never got pulled. And, you know, that's where I learned about road sodas. <laughs> uh, and also, you can tell that you're a pro because you just said, quote, I never got pulled. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're using slang that hasn't been used in 15 years. So that's yeah. you know my my life partner still does a road soda, and I'm like, damn, bitch. Whoa. <laughs> you can't I even don't. do that. You you can't. Sam doesn't even do that in the Catskills, bro. Much yeah, less West Hollywood. You know? I don't fuck with that anymore. Well, the the problem with the road soda now, or I guess the benefit of them is every like hard seltzer startup whatever thing just looks like. It doesn't look like alcohol. It doesn't look like anything. So, yeah, you know, I could literally be drinking like a cop could be next to me and I could have my, you know, my whatever spritzer in a can next to it and give him a wink and a howdy do. And, and he won't. Yeah, he mm-hmm. won't know the wiser. He thinks it's just another one of those freaky kombuchas the liberals like <laughs> or <No>. but but also <laughs> conversely, I could just take my how long gone Nalgene and fill it to the brim with 32 ounces of Hendrix gin. And I could be drinking, <laughs> drinking that next to a police officer just the same. <laughs> Not that great. I would ever do that with the fine Hendrix gin, but you, no, know, you wouldn't do that. the option you- is there. You wouldn't do that. Well, you you have a Tesla, so you, it'll drive you home. Yeah, he didn't pay for that upgrade. Okay, he's cheap. <laughs> oh. So I don't... didn't pay for that upgrade. It, it's it's a, the upgrade is seventy five hundred dollars. It's a little crazy to have. Uh, well, what's Jag Jaguar doing? Exactly. Uh, you, know, them... you know. You <laughs> know. We're union. Wouldn't it be funny if they're like if if <laughs> Tesla was like, yeah, we made it. 75 because it's also every car has it. It's just a software thing. So you pay seventy five hundred dollars. And then somebody, you know, in Cupertino fl- flips a switch and now you have this thing. It's already in your car. Yeah. But if they're like, how did you guys land on the $7,500? And like, oh, that's how much it costs for a DUI. And like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's like that, that would wow. be a perfect yeah. selling point. That would be. Sam, it's been a pleasure, bro. Thank you for joining us on How Long Gone. You guys are so fun. Thanks for Man, thanks for talking. Great job, great job. No, thank you. You're a fucking pro, and and we appreciate not only a sick man but a talk man as well. Exactly. He can this, this man. <laughs> this man can do it all. Uh, and also, and- if you listen to him on Spotify, he can make a great song as well. And I was listening to your your record this morning, and I was like, you know, he must be he must be doing something more than just writing the songs because you know the production quality was was very nice and very lush, and it sounds like uh, mm-hmm. you you know what you're doing. Twiddling mm. those knobs. I'm a twiddler. I'll twiddle up and down. If you're, if you're a if you're a major label recording artist with a huge budget that wants to check out and go to the Catskills for a couple months, you know who to call. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know who to call. Uh, Sam Avion, uh, we'll talk to you soon, if bro. If you can't afford you. Damon Paula, you know who to call. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, um, let's get a meal. Yeah, we'll we'll Don't get a meal. And uh, yeah, go 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 check out Sam. Give him a Google. See him on tour right now. Go check out his his music. Stream his shit on Spotify, not on Apple. Thank you guys. Congrats on everything you're doing. It's so cool.